DW. The 77%. Greetings to you all and welcome to The 77%, the weekly show that gives young people the voice to debate on issues shaping the African continent. I am Okeri Kushinadom. Today we're looking at the systematic killing of women and young girls by their partners. This topic has been in the spotlight after Cameroonian government revealed that this year alone nearly 60 victims have lost their lives. Given the shocking numbers, some women are now giving marriage a second thought. I feel a bit cautious about getting married. To some, they think it's high time the debate centered around the upbringing of the male child. It is important for us women to start changing the way we are raising the boy child so that we raise a responsible, loving, considerate and respectful young man. As you would have noticed, we will hear from young men and women, including gender activists in Cameroon and Zimbabwe. Remember, you can also be part of this conversation on our Facebook page, DW Africa, where we want to know how the systematic killing of women can be addressed. Wagba Oyo has reacted by saying that it takes very strict government policy for men to understand that hurting others, particularly women, is wrong. Cloud Nelly thinks that women should learn to speak up more. We appreciate your comments, but please keep them coming on our Facebook page, DW Africa. What can prompt a man to abuse and kill his own partner or wife? Many young women in some parts of Africa, particularly Cameroon, have lost their lives due to abusive husbands and boyfriends. Authorities there report that this year alone, nearly 60 victims have been killed, with some non-government organizations claiming that the numbers could be higher due to unreported cases. Recently, hundreds of women gathered in Cameroon's capital, Yaoundé, to call for legal reforms to better protect women. Our correspondent, Moki Edwin, sat down with some of the victims and gender activists to look at how this endemic problem in Africa can be addressed. Over to you, Moki. Good day and welcome to Yaoundé in Cameroon for today's edition of the 77% that is looking at femicide or feminicide, which are terms for hate crimes of systematically killing women or girls. The Cameroon government has counted close to 60 women and girls dying this year. Non-governmental organizations and civil society groups say many more may have been killed, but the killings went unreported. Why are husbands killing wives and men killing women and girls? Why do wives or women and girls prefer to die in silence instead of speaking out? We shall discuss this with... Wazi Nicolin Nuenichi, gender and development expert and civil society activist. We have Angelina Bimonte, who is a social worker, and Eteki Seta, who is of the Network for Solidarity, Empowerment, and Transformation for All. Let me start with you, Nicolin. You organized a protest against feminicide on Saturday. Why did you organize this protest? The uh, silence and non-violent protest aimed at creating awareness of the rising and unchecked 
pervasive femicide in Cameroon, there shouldn't be any excuse for taking away the precious life of a human being, whatever the misunderstanding or the offense is. And also an opportunity for us to remind government that there is no law that punishes this gender-related killing of women and girls in Cameroon. Can you give some examples of uh, cases of femicide you've heard of these days? A teacher in Douala was killed by her own husband. A young girl was murdered and thrown in the well by her master. A, a lady was killed by her own husband after snatching and throwing away an infant in the hands of the baby. In Cameroon, we have an average five women and girls killed every month as of the 30th of November uh, 2023. Bimundi, what accounts for this increase in cases of femicide in Cameroon? Well, thank you uh, so much, Moki. One of the main reasons could be just the desire for men to dominate women. That is male chauvinism because when a man kills a woman. We can't say it's an accident. They premeditate and they feel that they have to prove their supremacy over the women. The pressure, that's the ego, the pride of the man to dominate the woman. Take the case of the teacher in Douala. She had been abused every day. The man did not even show remorse. The man feels that it is his right to dominate this woman, to abuse her even to the expense of her life. That is not the only case. We've seen men who are even HIV infected and they impose to have unprotected sex with women just to get them infected and they end up dying from HIV. And you know the fact that some men feel that women deserve all what is bad or men sometimes tend to be so ungrateful that they pay back some kindness to them by uh, sending these women to their early graves. I think you're a man, women are blaming men and talking about this male chauvinism. What do you think about it? Men have to take responsibility, not just for the killing. We know that, yeah, there could be some emotional and mental trauma involved in the process or maybe whatever justifications, but we all see that the consequences are too bad. We cannot live in a society where women are killed. Women have to struggle just to advocate for, for life, just to be able to live. I mean, when you look at the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, you see all men and women are born free and equal in dignity and rights. They're endowed with reason and conscience and should act towards one another in the spirit of brotherhood. Everybody has the right to be treated in dignity. The law may be there, but these femicide cases are happening. And so what measures are really being taken to make sure that prevent men from continuing to create this harm on women? My question still stands that the figures are alarming. Why are men killing women. What should be the reasons behind this, Nicolene? Most men are finding it difficult to provide for their families and when they come back home frustrated, they need a type of a surrogate victim to vest their frustration and anger on them. Another reason is the fact that you have some cultures where a woman is sold like an object with bright price ranging over 10,000 US dollars. So after this man has bought this woman in the name of paying bride price, he expects this woman to be there. He needs value for money. We live in a society where the success of a marriage is based on who the husband is, what is his position in society, what does he provide from, for the family, and not the happiness of the woman. So the woman comes back with this frustration, with this repetitive abuse, physical, emotional, and psychological abuse. The family tells her to go back and persevere because you know we cannot pay back the bride price or you know this man is the destiny helper of this family and 
and you cannot take this away from us. Again, the women want to stay back in the name of who will take care of my children. If you are just joining us now, you are listening to the 77% is coming your way from Yaoundé in Cameroon, and we're talking about femicide, why the increase in the number of women and girls who are killed, Bimunde. Do you discuss with survivors? Because we cannot talk of victims here since every person who suffered femicide is dead. When you meet the survivors, what do they tell you? Why did they stay there despite the difficult environment? Well, thank you so much. Uh, what most the survivors give as their reasons for succumbing is that for the sake of the family, for the sake of the children, they persevere. We have some cultures where they will say once you are married, you don't have to work out of that marriage no matter what. They have to stay there to save the face of the family, to let society know that all is well. But I bet you most women just pretend that all is well and they want to give the man the good name. Whereas the man is inflicting these pains and they bear it and they are burning out slowly like a cigarette and when they can't bear it anymore that is the end of their lives women don't speak out most of them they don't speak out for fear that the neighbor will call the husband an abusive man for fear that in-laws will attack her a bad woman for fear that village people they community will feel that she is bad and she is gradually dying in this situation. You should have a significant order in your life that you can at least confide in when it starts. I think you have been watching, you are nodding your head in acknowledgement of what they are saying. Do you have anything to add? Young people who are growing up today, I think they need to be more sensitized to the fact that women are just as equal as us. And this is a responsibility that we need to be able to kind of do in our schools, in our different, uh, maybe through the media. There are not many media platforms in Cameroon that can take leadership on this particular topic and debate it and make it something that becomes a national talking point. People don't discuss femicide in Cameroon enough. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to hold on a bit. We are moving back to Bonn in Germany. And when we come back, we shall be concluding with the take-home messages. Over to you, Bonn. Indeed, Moki, gender-based violence is a hot topic not only in Cameroon, but also in other parts of Africa. In Zimbabwe, for example, some young women fear being killed by their spouses due to micro-misunderstandings like the use of contraceptives. Mental health issues are also cited as a major factor, but some gender promoters argue that the debate should shift more towards male-child upbringing. This will ensure a more inclusive and supportive environment for women. Here are some of them speaking to DW's Privilege Mushaneri. Gender equality in, in, in its essence has, has weakened men, has made men to feel like um, they, are, they are sort of constricted. Men now feel inferior to, to women, which is sort of an embarrassment, to, especially to the African men who I think from, from time immemorial was always seen as, as, as the head of the house. But now because there is that equality that is coming in, you feel like you are losing all your, your your power as a man. It is a sad scenario that we are facing in Africa where spouses, especially the husbands, are now killing their own spouses. It is due mainly to the pressures that the husbands will be feeling, lack of identity. An identity crisis can make one to just do anything. And it is not a secret that most African men are suffering from identity crisis. The various society norms 
uh, diverse cultures that will be emanating in their communities and they end up lost and not knowing exactly what role to play in their lives, in their marriages and in the society. I feel a bit cautious about getting married. Honestly speaking, in as much as I might say that um, if I encounter abuse or I will speak up, I feel like our culture limits me to do that. I don't think we, we have reached that level of civilization whereby men accept being challenged or men accept, you know, a different opinion or a different perception in a marriage. As society, we need to come up with a very structured way of doing things so that the boy child, as they grow up, they are trained to be husbands who are loving, who are gentle, who are caring, and who are non-violent. For now, those platforms are really really are missing and it is important for us women to lead the love revolution to start changing the way we are raising the boy child so that we raise a responsible loving considerate and respectful young men who will respect their marriages and their wives Those were some young women in Zimbabwe speaking to our correspondent, Privilege, in Zimbabwe. I guess we will head straight back to Cameroon to hear Moki's panelists and how this problem can be addressed. Thanks very much and welcome back to Yaoundé. I am Moki Edwin Kinzika for the 77%. Now, before we went to Bonn, we are talking about the magnitude of this problem, this femicide, where all of us agree it is really something that should be taken care of immediately by individual societies, communities and so on. Bimundi, what should be done to put an end to this type of activity? Once one perpetrator, just one, is punished rightly. Others will not have such happenings. I just pray the law takes its course with the man who kills the wife, the teacher lady in Douala. If justice is really meted on this man, I, I think others will desist. Nicoline, what can be done to make women to speak out instead of dying in silence? So many things need to be done. One of them being the fact that potential victims should be protected before it is too late. There should also be information for these women on how to get out of their abusive relationships. Uh, we need also education. We need to educate the entire community, boys, girls, men and women, and change our way of gender socialization. The boy child should not be brought up to think that he is the alpha and the woman is a no person. Punishing these offenses using the general penal code cannot create the type of effects or impact that is expected. Some African traditions and cultures are very strong. The, how can the community make sure those things end? Like the fact you said earlier here, when a woman is bought in court, it is difficult for the woman to refund the money they used in buying her. So it's difficult also now for her to decry this. How will those type of traditional practices be stopped so that femicide can reduce? Our cultures are not fixed. Our cultures can be renewed. The way that, for example, we dress before are changing. We can do the same with our values. It also 
um, needs a more general culture within the public because I think when it comes to the enforcement of the law, it's not just about the police. Maybe you are a doctor, maybe you are a lawyer, maybe you are a, a school teacher. You should look within your profession, be sensitized about the different manifestations of violence against women in your profession in such a way that you can take accountability for the way it manifests itself. The education, the teacher should be able to report these kinds of cases, of, even in their schools and so on. You should have zero tolerance policy for these kinds of things, even in the courts. Sometimes you take women to the courts. The way that, I mean, a woman who is going to the court to complain about rape, she's treated as she's the one who invited the situation on herself. Whereas it is just because the police officers have not been sensitized to how to be able to handle these kinds of sensitive situations. When they grow up with, you know, the, the idea that a woman is somewhat less than you, you feel that you can treat her as an object, or you, you can treat her as somebody who is not an equal. Whereas these young people who are growing up today, I think they need to be more sensitized to the fact that women are just as equal as us. Nicoline. Men should be men enough to survive in relationships. Please don't kill anybody's child. There is no excuse. It is a zero-tolerance offense. There is no excuse for these perversive crimes that target women and girls. Ladies and gentlemen, that's where we come to the end of the 77%. We're talking about femicide or feminicide in Cameroon. Why are husbands killing wives and why are men killing girls and women? Why do wives or women and girls prefer to die in silence instead of speaking out and how should this other form of what we call carnage be tackled. Our guests were Nipaze Nicoline Nunuishi, who is a gender and development expert and civil society activist. We had Angelika Bimundi, who is a social worker, and Ateki Seta, who is from the Network for Solidarity, Empowerment and Transformation for All. I am Moki Edwin Kinzaka Indiaundi. Thank you for listening. Over to Bon Germany. Thanks, Moki. That debate has been an eye-opener with very pertinent solutions proposed by the panelists. Um, before we end this program, on our Facebook page, we have one more comment from Rosine Pascal Owone that says, The biggest problem with a country like Cameroon, and I guess with other African countries, is the lack of legal protection for victims. At the moment, gender-based violence and femicide do not have specific punishment provisions in the Cameroon Penal Code. Thanks, Pascal, for that comment. And you can also join the debate on our Facebook page. That is DW Africa. That will be it for this week's edition of the 77%. If you want to listen again to this program, it's on our website, dw.com forward slash Africa or go to Spotify and search for DW Africa. My name is Okeri Ngushinado and thank you for listening. <music>